Greetings from Southwest Virginia. What a past couple of days this has been. I'm going to tell you all about it on today's program, plus some news stories you need to hear. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder on this 26th day of July in the year of our Lord, 2022. Well, if you've been following the saga of the past several weeks, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that this morning. I've got some news stories and and some other things that I think are vastly more important. But as you know, last week, the home that we had in Georgia, it sold and everything closed out on Friday as we were on our way to Virginia. And yesterday on Monday, we completed the sale of a small home here in Southwest Virginia, very close to our daughter and son-in-law. Now for us, it's, um, what's the term they use? Empty nester. Uh, We are scaling back, uh, slimming down, whatever you want to call it, just a lot less stuff and a lot less place to take care of. You want to know something? I'm kind of excited about that. In my younger days when I worked in secular work, yeah, I had bigger homes and and things of that nature, but I've gotten to the point that I don't want to be, as some people call it, house poor. I don't want to be so tied down that I can't do the things that need to be done for the kingdom of our Lord. And right now, having a house that's going to be functional, simple, to the point, and also enough room to set aside a room for a recording studio to produce this radio program and some other ministry things is really what is most important to me. And that's exactly what we're going to have. I I stand amazed at how God can orchestrate. We, We try to figure things out. We try to understand. We try to do the best that we can with the information and facts that we are given. When we first came up to look at this area as a possible place to uh, to make it our future home base, we, we had a few things in mind. We looked at several homes that were wonderful, uh, a bit larger than maybe we needed. And we had this house, and, and you have to understand that the home in Georgia was a blessing from God. And what it became worth over all the years of work that we put into this place was just nothing short of amazing. And so in selling that home, we were able to buy this one and have enough funds to furnish it as well because we sold the home in Georgia fully furnished. And and truthfully, uh, what was there would never have really worked or even fit in what we're getting here. And so God already had a plan. We, we just didn't see it at the time. We'd looked all over, even, you know, maybe an hour away from here because the home values were, you know, a little bit more affordable about an hour from here. But is that really where we needed to be? Now, I see some ministry opportunity in the, that community an hour from here, and I will probably still help out as I can, but it's not going to be where I live. And, and so what we've seen happen 
since it became clear that this is where God wanted us really to be, not, you know, we were looking here and the door would close. This was a great house. It had this, that, and the other, but, but then our house didn't sell and the first buyer backed out at the last minute. And so we've been in this predicament of trying to sell a home to buy a home. We, we were not taking on any kind of a mortgage. So you, you can understand where, where it became, we got to get the one done and before we can do the other. About the time the new buyer came along for the home in Georgia, there was a house literally in the neighborhood of the daughter and son-in-law that went on the market. And you have to understand, in this particular neighborhood, houses do not come up for sale very often. It's rather rare. The son-in-law and daughter were able to get a home a little bit, quite a bit larger than what we're looking at, but then again, their needs are totally different. And it was a rarity. Of course, they're having to do a lot of work on their home as well. And so here we are, you know, near family, yet near opportunity as well. And also, and this is important, also in a place that has opportunity for additional ministry. Not so much that I'm going to take on all this responsibility, but any, any chance I can get to help launch a church to share the good news of the gospel, you better believe I'm going to do it. Now, along the way over the next couple of months, I've got to make trips down through Georgia and down to Florida, also ministry-related. And it's like once we have made this decision to take these years of our, quote, retirement life and give them all to the glory of God, the doors have opened. And you want to know something? I don't think I could ever be content being fully retired, sitting in an easy chair, watching TV or reading a book. It's just not who I am. But I also recognize that what I really need to be doing at this stage of my life is not so much building things, but working to build things in concert with individuals God brings into my path to help train them, to mentor them, and establish them in the work that God has called them to do. That's one of the highest honors God could give me at this stage of life. So that's where it's at. We are over this week and next week settling into the new home, still staying at our daughter and son-in-laws for about another you know week. Trying, I'll be doing the radio program from their home uh, at least for another week. And, and hopefully by the time we get into August... We'll be, we'll be doing the program from the new home, and everything will be in place. It was delightful to do a little bit of furniture shopping. I don't do that that often. I mean, I, I'm, 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 my wife and I are thrifty. Let's just put it that way. We don't like to spend money. We don't need to be spending. But we decided this is going to be the retirement home. So let's get the things that we're going to need you know, to carry us until God calls us home. And so that's what we're doing. And so in setting up the office and, and, the, and our furniture and everything else, we're, we're being careful. Had an opportunity to go to a local furniture store not far from where we live. And just delightful people, 
family owned and operated for like 80 years, fourth generation, and you just feel comfortable with the integrity and the pricing and the terms, and you don't feel like you're dealing with some corporate entity or second-rate furniture because they can sell you cheap financing. It was just, we didn't need financing. We were just trying to buy furniture that'll last for a while. And that's what we've done. And so here we are in Southwest Virginia. And, you know, we're we're debating how to deal with mail in the future. We're still going to use the uh, Florida mailing address at least, at least until maybe the winter or spring because of additional trips and other work that I've promised to do in Florida. Uh, this going back and forth, I want to make sure the mail is always, always in a secure place. And and I think that means something to you as well. Now, let's get to some news stories. You've heard enough about, about the journey. And, and number one, I thank you for your prayers. My health is doing very well. And so I can feel your prayers and how God has just touched me. And so just thank you. That's all I can say. And, and, and last week, a thank you to Jim Calhoun, who stepped up to the plate to help get us through. And during the time that we had, we were at crunch time in Georgia, trying to get the last of our personal items out, the home cleaned up, a few repairs that were promised to be done, had to get those coordinated and we were worrying if we'd ever get out by Friday morning, the deadline, and we did. And so a thank you to everybody that's prayed and helped. Every once in a while, it's nice to share a news story that actually has a bit of a positive tone to it. You know, you listen to this program, and as we shared, and we'll probably share later this week, some of the main and really troublesome issues that we face. But I saw this news story And it actually was like, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to have a good news story. There's a bipartisan committee in the United States House of Representatives, and they started an inquiry on the big tech corporations. Now, we're talking Google. We're talking, you know, companies of that nature, Twitter, Facebook, all of these big tech giants. And they're beginning to, to see a, an issue, and I'm glad that they are. I'm glad that the scales have fallen off their eyes. And after a 16-month investigation, the committee has released a 450-page investigation of competition in the digital marketplace. That's what it's entitled. And that just came out a while back. And what we're finding out is that both Democrats and Republicans are becoming fearful of the extreme power of these, you know, tech tyrants. Now, at the moment, at the moment, as you can understand, you know, the Democrats are not generally too upset. They're getting good coverage. They're getting, you know, good coverage out of Twitter. They're being well taken care of by Facebook and even the mainstream media and even Google and Amazon. and But it's it goes beyond just the politics. It also goes on, like with Amazon and Google, how they're, they're showing how their companies favor their own products over competitors, even though they're claiming to be neutral. 
There's some emails that came out that show how Google has pressured phone makers to prioritize the apps that Google makes on their devices over the apps the manufacturer would make. And on and on it goes. These these tech companies, in many ways, have become extremely large. They're controlling not only the marketplace of things you can purchase, but they're also increasingly owning the marketplace of ideas. And so over time, I think you're going to see, we hope, a little bit of reining in of some of these tech giants. I think the idea that this is, this is the 21st century monopoly, and monopolies tend to be self-preserve, you know, looking at a self-preservation, uh, predatory capitalism, and doing whatever it takes to destroy their competition, and not even playing in a fair and level playing field. One of the problems with all the tech companies is something that happened way back in the middle 1990s. I think it was 1996. A lot of things happened in 1996. Communications Act was changed. But also, there were some laws passed to encourage the development of the Internet. And what they thought they were doing back then to to make it possible to have the internet grow, in many ways has backfired. Let me give you an example. In the early 1990s, as the internet was beginning to, you know, become something we heard about, I would say in 1992, how many of you had internet in 1992? Very few. Uh, Then you started getting people with dial-up, and early broadband came in the latter part of the 90s in some areas. But, you know, in 1997, most people were using things like, you know, America Online or some local Internet service provider using a dial-up telephone. You remember those, all the weird noises. And there were some little companies, little ma and pa corporations in their little towns I can remember one in a community that I lived in, in Georgia, that was an internet service provider, and they had like a little community bulletin board. And and what the Congress of the United States did at that time was to carve some protections to this fledgling infancy industry, protection against some lawsuits. What if some little... Husband and wife had a little internet service providing company in a small town of like, you know, four or 5,000 people. And, you know, they had a billboard like, you know, to you're lost and found, you're lost dogs, whatever. Opinions on community matters. What if somebody slandered somebody on that thing? The, the law was designed to protect the small little operator from being the one that would be victimized by the lawsuit. In other words, they made it where the content could not be used against the service provider. Or if the service provider felt the need to censor content, it made it difficult to come after the provider. Which made, which made sense because, you know, if you have certain rules and you're open to lawsuits, you may not even bother to have that community billboard. 
Because if you're going to be opening yourself up to losing your business, your your retirement income, your your home or whatever, why would you put that at risk? And so with wisdom at the time, that was done. But see, what has not occurred over the years as the internet has grown, as some of these companies no longer were in somebody's garage or college room dormitory, and they've grown to these mega billion dollar buildings and infrastructure, and they've become extremely powerful. Look at Twitter. They, before the end of his term, they took off the president of the United States from Twitter and many others. Things that I've said, and I don't use Twitter that much. Things that I've said have been, you know, I've had many a thing. You must remove this or you can't tweet any longer. We don't like what you said. The worst part is what I was saying was the truth. And it's proven to be the truth. In order to sue these companies, it takes a lot of money because they have a, you know, they have a building full of lawyers ready to jump all over you. By the way, speaking of which, you know, I I once dealt with a so-called ministry that whenever they have a conflict with anybody, they refuse to obey the scripture. They refuse to go to their brother or sister, as the case may be, and try to work it out. And if that doesn't work out, they refuse to go with a witness or two that are believers to talk to this believer and work it out or if that fails, to tell the church at large about the issue. Nothing angers me more than when a ministry jumps first to a lawyer and refuses to obey the word of God. You know what the Bible says to treat those people like? Heathens. I don't care how godly they sound, how godly they look, how much you might like them. If they're breaking covenant with God and running to lawyers... Be concerned because they're playing dirty like the tech companies. And that's not how God wants his children to appear to the world. Just a little side note. Today, these tech industries are extremely large. Alex Berenson, used to be a reporter for the New York Times, made some statements in 2020 and 2021 about COVID-19 and also was quoting some very legitimate and concerned doctors about the vaccines and how they may be doing more harm than good because they are experimental. Well, he got kicked off Twitter. He was banished like like President Trump. He was deplatformed. This is kind of like becoming a non-person in the tech world today. Well, Alex Berenson began to put out his material on Substack. I am a subscriber. I do pay to get his material. It's not much. And he also raised the money to sue Twitter. And because he had a powerful enough law firm and was able to afford the process to get into court, and it's sad that it came down to that, but then again, you're dealing with a heathen corporation in Google 
and in, 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 I mean, I take that back, in Twitter. Well, Google's heathen too, let's be honest, but you're dealing with a heathen corporation, so using biblical norms doesn't work. It only does when you're dealing with Christian to Christian. And he sued them. And the lawsuit would have exposed them in discovery, Twitter in this case, to a lot of things they would not want to see revealed. So they negotiated a settlement. And I believe that others will be negotiating settlements too because that door now has been cracked to break the power of big tech. And let me tell you, it needs to happen. One of the things that I'm I'm concerned about with this radio program and, and podcast, we use two primary outlets for the podcast, which then redistribute automatically to many other platforms. And we, we get fairly good response, but nowhere near what the response needs to be. And so let me just give you a few thoughts on that. We use a Christian podcasting site called Podpoint. And they do a, and there's a monthly charge. It's not much. It's not terrible. We use another one to inventory everything to the website. And there's a small cost for that. And then we, we go through a company called Anchor, which is a part of Spotify, which is big into music and podcasts, but they're a secular corporation. And I recognize as I read their terms of service that there could come a day where they may question or censor one of the podcasts. And so I'm looking at a third alternative to add to the mix because I don't want everything in one place that if it collapses, it can't be found. And so I'm carefully looking at some other alternatives that are already, you know, they're, they're making the pledge, so to speak, that they're not in the censoring business. They're not going to take sides on COVID or anything else. And so it should be, a strong possibility of having what we need going forward uh, to add to the podcast side. I believe the day is going to come when some of the tech tyrants will still exercise some, some power over small guys like me that can't afford a battery of attorneys to defend themselves to keep the program on. So put it in more than one place. Have it in a number of places that also self-replicate out to other other platforms and let you know how to find them. I know a lot of people do not have shortwave radios, and I'm I'm surprised every day at the every month I see a, a small increase in the number of listenership on podcast. And so I don't want to let go of that until it's just gone. And and this is how I look at it. As long as the door is open, I need to share the good news and I need to share the truth. Someday the doors will close, but I need to use those opportunities while they are there. And I hope that you agree with me on that, that that's one of the things we need to do. I do have to recognize a bit of a reality. There are a lot of people that do not own a shortwave radio, even a portable And there's some urban environments where shortwave reception could be a bit limited. I understand that. 
So that's why the podcast avenue is still there as long as I can keep it. I'm talking with another ministry that raised a question, and this per- this person produces a, a radio program different than mine, but Christian-based. And he does his program as a, as a live stream through a third party. And let's, let's put it this way. I love the guy, but, but technology is, is not his forte. And, and it made me think the other day, because I've, I've been doing things with streaming on and off over the years. I had run some music services that I pulled down with the move that I just didn't have time to deal with. And, and maybe they were not ready yet for what they needed to be. But looking at his program and when it airs, when this program could air, even live occasionally, got me thinking, maybe it's time that I use the knowledge that I have of technology and and sourcing and develop a live streaming channel for this program and others that are quality and, and we work together. There's not a big cost involved. It's just knowing how to set it up. And maybe develop this where other Christian programs could have an outlet. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just pray about that. That's something that I saw the guy had sent me an email, as, as he did to many others, and, and the issue that he was having. And I really thought, you know, we could do something. And I could make it a lot easier for him and not have to depend on this one place that was going to make some changes. And so keep that as a matter of prayer. God is opening some doors. I really believe we're coming into a time, and and I've said this, and I want to say this before we go to the break. My heart tells me, don't hold out too much hope for the 2022 election in in November. There'll be some cheating, obviously. Uh, It's not as in the bag as we may think. A lot of people said the same thing two years ago about the 2020 election. And look what happened. But in the midst of all this, if we take the House of Representatives away from the Democrats and control the Senate, even by one vote, any new legislation will go dead. Nothing's going to happen. No legislation will be passed. If Republicans pass it, you know, the Biden administration or whoever's going to be in the White House will veto it. If there's something, you know, in other words, it's going to be a stalemate for two years. What I worry the most about is what's going to happen between the election and swearing into the new Congress in January of 2023. How much damage could they do in like, you know, seven weeks? A lot. And so bear that in mind. And I really don't have a whole lot of hope yet for 2024. I can't imagine I cannot imagine the powers that, that love to be in power, and that includes rhinos, giving up that easy and, and you know allowing the voters to have their will. We have too many agencies that are embedded. You can't fire. We have too much against us. But I really believe over the next couple of years, we're going to have a window of opportunity during this stalemate with an unstable economy to share the good news of the gospel. Look, I need to really 
up my game when it comes to this program. Just sitting down and doing what I'm doing today is not what I want to be doing. I want to be able to be in a place, in a, in a location with the guests that I need to really give you the information that it's going to empower you as you go through your daily walk each and every day. There's a lot we need to share. I don't need to fear monger and tell you all the bad stories. You know, World War III may break out in 90 days. I've heard that, that headline from others for the last five, six, seven years. You're right. War could break out any time. I don't talk much about it. Why? Because I don't know. But I do know that the Bible says wars and rumors of wars. And I do know to look for the signs of the seasons and is coming. And so I'll just leave it at that and say, I don't spend as much time dwelling on the mechanics of the end of time as I do preparing you for that time. Which is more important? Letting you know when it's all going to happen, because I'll never know. The Bible says I can't. And anybody that says they do know is a fraud. So why not prepare the church for the difficult time ahead? I was talking with a young clergyman the other day, and there is an even younger clergyman coming into the mix and his wife. He's finishing up his training. He has his, you know, his Bible college degrees and seminary, and he's about ready to be ordained. And he has made a commitment, he and his wife, to to serve and to plant a church as the first thing he does in ministry. And, and he's been around a number of churches and he's worked in that realm for quite a while. And I've got a clergyman that's in his like mid-40s who's going to be mentoring him. And he was willing to move from Texas to North Atlanta or north of Atlanta to help this other clergyman launch a church. And he's found a job to support he and his wife and a small place to live. And he recognizes time is growing short and he wants to plant churches that can also survive the next corona outbreak, that you're you're not so dependent upon the building and your stuff that you could immediately withdraw to smaller groups and homes if need be. And so pray for him. His name is Nathan. And I'll be telling you a lot more about Nathan and another guy by the name of Drew that'll be doing a lot with me and other clergy as well. It's an exciting time. And and I feel like grandpa, you know, kind of dealing with this. But, you know, I'm going to share what I've learned over the years. One last thing before the break. Shortwave radio. I know some people do not have shortwave radios, and I know in some parts of the nation it's hard to hear us. But I do know there are plenty of places that you can hear it. I know that on the frequency of 9455 kilohertz, 9 p.m. Pacific time, this program airs. And I've learned this program can be heard all the way from Washington State down to San Diego in New Mexico even into Canada on 9455. And that includes other Western states like Nevada, New Mexico, and 
and even into Utah and others. We're on 9395 at 6 p.m. in the evening. We're on we're on uh, 5950 at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, then again four nights a week at 10 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to see if we can add some more airtime at WRMI. We're also on KVOH. And if you believe in that ministry, it's the one place I don't hear from as much as I really need to. So if you listen on KVOH, would you let me know? Matter of fact, if you listen to this program on even a regular basis, on any kind of a basis, send me a direct email. I'm not collecting email addresses, so I'm not going to be bothering you. I may reply, but I'm not going to be putting you on a never-ending uh, you know, list of mail. Just send an email to bob at truth2ponder.com, bob at truth2ponder.com. It comes directly to me. There is no secretary. There's no employees at Truth to Ponder. Nobody here is a paid employee. And I'll that'll help me in discerning what to do with the airtime and where to be. If you can support us, you can also go to the website truth2ponder.com. There is a tab called Support. Support. And you can see the mailing address and other ways to help us out. If you're not online, but you'd like to help us out, you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address, very simple, truth to ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, number 3248. The city is Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That, once again, Crestview, Florida, zip code 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Paul's strange prayer request in a moment. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Now, at the end of his letter to the Ephesians, Shaul, the Apostle Paul, writes, And pray for me that the words may be given to me whenever I open my mouth. Now, if anybody had no shortage of words, it was the Apostle Paul. This is the man who wrote most of the books of the New Testament and who preached the word to multiplied thousands. Words rolled off his tongue and his pen like waters from a fountain. And yet here in the Bible, he asked for prayer and prayer that the right words be given to him when he opens his mouth. Now, if Paul whose mouth was filled with the very words of God, asked for prayer for the right words to come out of his mouth. And if this prayer was important enough to make the pages of the Bible, how much more should you be praying the same prayer? Our letters don't make the pages of the Bible. Our words are not considered by most people to be scripture. And yet how often do we pray or ask for prayer that the words that come out of our mouth be the right ones? And yet Paul, whose words were scripture, Pray this prayer. Maybe that's why his words were scripture in the first place. You need to take your words just as seriously because as the Bible says, your words have the power to bring life or death. They can change your life and the life of those around you. Paul's word brought life. They continue to bring life. And that's because Paul resolved that his 
tongue would only bear the truth and the love of God and bring life into this world. So my friend, let your tongue be just as holy and let the words of your mouth be the very utterance of God. Want more? Ask for The Ambassador in Chains. Now the free gift for you, the mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it, and sapphires with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, special teachings, updates on Israel, world events, and prophecy, and the secrets of strength and victory for your life. So how do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's all you do. It's so good. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now I invite you to join with me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct, the nice Jewish boy, at box 1111 in Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey. The zip is 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah Hadavar, the Word. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. Here it is, the 26th day of July. And I know some of you may be hearing it in the wee hours late at night on a few of the frequencies, so it may already be entering Wednesday morning. But I want to thank all of you from the bottom of my heart that that listen and support this program. Um, I hear from people now literally all over the globe. And so I want to thank everybody that listens. Now, today I'm just kind of sharing with you a few thoughts that are on my heart and my mind as we continue on. I've been looking at some news stories and I've been trying to create a thought process going forward of where we are. And, And I have a lot of friends that share their thoughts with me and videos with me and things that they see, news stories they read. Some of those stories are very good. Some of them are half-truths, and some are sheer fantasy. There are those that were telling me, you know, a year ago, a year ago back in July, that, hey, by August of 2021, you know, Trump will be back in office. Don't worry about everything. And and I just kind of knew that's not going to happen. And a lot of people still believe that. We're living in a very unprecedented time in terms of what we can actually see, what is being discussed, what's being done before our very eyes. And they do it every day and think you don't care. We shared yesterday the sexuality of young children in in elementary school, second graders changing their gender pronouns because, well, I was born the wrong gender. I may be a boy, but I really should be a girl. We have have convinced first, second, and third graders that gender is fluid and you can choose to be what you want to be. And you have 
adults, so-called adults, thinking this is completely normal. I mean, I want you to think that this is insane. This is literally mass delusion on a scale I thought I would never see in my lifetime. But ever since 2015, our descent into hell has increased at warp to warp speed. That's the only way to describe it. Can you imagine, let's just go pick a year somewhere in the not too distant past. Let's pick the year at random. 1982, even 1992 for that matter, but let's go 1982. 40 years ago, if you lived in a community like, um, I'm trying to think of a town, small town America, maybe maybe someplace like in Indiana, or maybe, maybe you lived in a small town um, in Ohio, or Pennsylvania, or New Mexico, or even, even in Southern California, even, even if you lived in Oregon, 1982, and you were watching the evening news, and you saw some 20-something maybe 30-something, elementary school teacher with, of course, you know, uh, body piercings, pink and purple hair, being interviewed on the news, talking about how, well, understand, you know, one of my students, a second grader, shared with me his pronouns. And he realized he was born the wrong way he needs to be altered he needs to have puberty blockers he's going to need to have surgery to fix this this horrible problem of gender how many parents would allow their children to go back to that school the next day this wouldn't even be a party line issue most democrats that i knew in 1982, we differed on economic policy and a few other things. But they would have never put up with this. You're going to have my little boy come home in a dress? You're crazy. And they would have done something about it. But now that's become the norm. And, and let me, and someone said, how, why is this happening, Bob? You know, where, where's this coming from? It is coming, it is coming for one reason. Besides division, which of course it'll, you know, the, the enemy always wants to sow division amongst everybody. They want you to be at each other's throats so you're, you're not seeing what's going on. You're too busy fighting this battle or that battle or the other, and you cannot see the entire planned warfare. But let me give you one reason, one important reason why transgenderism is so urgently important to the leftist and the Satanist and the demonically possessed. Bob, you're being a little strong about calling it demonically possessed or oppressed or influenced. Influenced at minimum. Because if we can get everybody convinced that gender errors happen all the time then the perfection of God's creation is no longer perfected 
In other words, it's all random selection and we have a a, a biological or evolutionary uh, error going on that we must use surgery and pharmaceuticals to correct. It it then negates the possibility of a creator God. Now, let me make sure you understand that. Those that hate the idea that a God exists, the type that get on my Facebook page or something I comment, oh, you believe in a sky fairy. No, I don't. I believe in a creator that put order into a universe The universe is not chaotic. Every planet, every system has a perfect order about it. This planet Earth, its axis is perfectly oriented to sustain life. Sure, at the extreme polar edges, it's going to be cold. And part of the world in which we live can have seasons. In the Northern Hemisphere, we're in the summertime right now. And in about a month or so, we'll begin to enter fall. And then winter. And then spring. And then summer again. In South America, right now they're leaving the winter months behind. And they're, they're getting ready to come into spring. The world has got a perfect plan and a a perfect orbit if you were to change the axis of the earth by just a few degrees life as we know it on this planet would cease to exist if we were farther from the sun or closer to the sun life as we know it on this planet would be gone Every ingredient needed for the perfection of life and balance are already here. And the design and intricacy, and here's something else. Someone will say, well, it just all happened by random chance. Then explain to me, you keepers of mathematical odds, how do living organisms that depend 100% on another organism come into being of that if the two organisms that are codependent upon each other they would have to come into being at the same identical time how did how did a single cell know that it needed eyes and ears for senses and smell how did it, how did it know to develop two eyes to have you know stereo vision where we can we can have depth perception and the precision angle of those eyes in a human being. The ears, the way they are placed, and how the bones and everything developed. How does this just randomly happen on its own? I have a hard time. It it, it takes a bigger leap of faith for me to believe all this just happened on its own. Random chance. Selection. Survival of the fittest and all the other. How how does something decide it needs to have a bone to a nerve to a brain cell to hear something and hear audio frequencies? And each, each of the creation hears a little bit different depending upon its particular need 
in this balanced chain of life. So I really believe there is a creator and you can laugh at me all you want. I really don't care. I had, I had a guy write the other day and, you know, say, you know, I'm getting sick and I, I, I'm getting sick and tired of your kind of, you know, he called it BS, you know, all this, you know, God BS and Christian BS and you believe in that fairy tale book and the, and the sky fairy and, you know, and and I'm thinking, how can you believe that all of this just happened and you happen to exist? And and you cannot find order and precision in a universe that is so complex. And we're only beginning to understand how large and enormous the universe and all of the all of the continuum of space actually is. To have a mind like Einstein, to have a mind like so many others that begin to understand just the surface of the complexity. God has a plan for his people. And there's a lot of questions I'm going to have because I don't have a need to understand and probably wouldn't at this stage. Because I'm just a sinner saved by grace, number one. And I tend to follow with what St. Paul says. We see through a glass dimly. Hard to understand. When, and when he uses that term, a glass, we're not talking the glass like you and I know it. Get something where it's like milk glass. You can see shadows through it, but you really can't tell what you're seeing. We see through that dimly. We will eventually understand. And we'll be known as we are known. That to me is some good news. So I look at this world and it's and I watch it unraveling. I watch sin abound. I watch people heaping to themselves, as St. Paul says, teachers. These are supposedly Christians, but they're bringing on heretics that teach heretical and blasphemous stuff. I, I saw this story, and I'm not going to say the name of the church, but there was a so-called pastor of a megachurch that believes that having Roe versus Wade overturned is an affront to God. He literally claimed that God demands abortion, and it's a right that he gives his children to abort their, their children. And it made no sense. But this is the kind of demonic mass delusion among many today. Somehow abortion is health care. It's a right. And how dare they take my, my right to kill my child away from me. And you have churches. Disgusting. Just disgusting, despicable, evil bodies claiming to be a part of the body of Christ. They are a body of Satan himself. They are partakers of a satanic sacrament. They are partakers in a satanic rule and law. They parade around in their fine vestments and stained glass window, proclaiming same-sex marriage is loved by God. They're claiming that killing a child is just honky-dory with Jesus. This this is a sign of a very sin-sickened world. 
And see, while I hold out hope to proclaim the good news, I also recognize that time is growing short. We're going to be facing some crises, the type, the the kind you and I have never believed before. I see the stories. We look at this weather pattern. Of course, you know, the earth worshipers claim it's climate change caused by mankind. Yeah, we haven't seen this kind of weather since the Dust Bowl age of the 1930s here in the United States. And it's happened before and before and before and will happen again if our Lord tarries. These weather patterns and cycles are very predictable. But we're told to worship the earth. Am I right? Not the creator, but worship the creature or the creator, the creation. And that is probably one of the greatest sources of the reprobate mind. And a lot of these reprobate minds call themselves members of this particular church body or another. And they're all frauds. And we need to recognize that we have false teachers and prophets out there. We have, fought, we have false churches that are not the church of Christ. They have nothing to do with Christ. They use his name in vain. They make a mockery of his death and his resurrection, if they even believe in it. And some of them don't. They believe in the earth. They believe in climate change. They believe in abortion. They believe gender is fluid. They believe in same-sex marriage. They believe in a lot of things the Bible condemns. There is a separation occurring right now between the goats and the sheep. And it's becoming increasingly apparent to me. Now let me explain what I mean about that. They're the sheep of his pasture, as the Bible calls it in the Psalms. We have been marked as his. And there are others who have marked themselves in the service of Satan. And they're proud of it. There's a group in the middle. They're the ones that need to be reached. They're going to be those that knew the truth and walked away from the truth. The Bible says you're you're not going to get them back. Don't waste your time for most of them. They're they're, they're literally church pastors and, and contemporary Christian music artists that have renounced the name of Christ. I'm not going to waste my time trying to bring them back into the fold. They have marked themselves as a goat. I need to spend my time reaching those that have not yet been reached. It's a hard thing to say. But look, when Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, remember? Whether it's 36 pairs or 35 pairs, the number wasn't really, you know, each one looked at it a little differently, but, you know, two by two. If you go to a place and the Spirit rests with you, then stay in that place, minister in that place, teach in that place, serve in that place. If you don't feel that Spirit descend upon you and that peace be with it, then get out, kick the dust off, and move on. Don't waste your time. 
on those that have already committed their life to the enemy of your soul, they're not going to change. They've already, they've already, well, how do I put it politely? They've already secured their damnation by their own commitment. And they knew the truth and they did it. They rejected it intentionally and personally and with purpose. We have politicians. We have educators. By the way, I saw something that people, you know, and once I don't, it doesn't matter what you think of Joe Biden, but I thought this was, this, this is rather telling of the stupidity that we live in today. A, a professor, and I'm trying to remember, was it Yale or Harvard? One of the two schools, if I, I, they're about the same in my book now, said that when he saw that Joe Biden having COVID was seen at his desk working, now, I don't care what you think of Joe Biden. I don't care if you believe like I do, whatever they're doing is staged just for publicity. But he made the statement that somebody working when they're sick is just a sign of white supremacy. I'm going, what in the world are you talking about? I'm sure if Obama did that, you wouldn't have said it. But so somehow being responsible is now white supremacy. That doesn't say much about what you think about your own race. I thought responsibility was responsibility regardless of the color of your skin. Right is right, wrong is wrong, decency is decency, evil is evil. And being responsible is something that is required of all of us. So don't confuse that and try to divide us with more of this mental gymnastics. Do you believe, listen, I'm going to be talking more about this kind of stuff. We're going to get deeper. I'm going to get some guests on too. Do you believe in the work that we're doing here right now? I really believe in shortwave. I want to continue. If anything, I'd like to add. If you can help us, go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com. There are ways to support us from there. Truththenumber2ponder.com. You can also... Help us out by making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address, Truth to Ponder, 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. That's number 3248. The city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. That's one word, Crestview. Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. Once again, that zip code is 32536. There's a lot of things we need to expose and a lot of things we need to understand. But most important, we need to really begin preparing now. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.